this evening. Take your Bibles, if you would, Genesis chapter number 26. And we'll conclude all of it tonight. I want to invite you to be back. I believe the Lord is no doubt wanting to do something. And I thank Him for what He's already done. I believe we would all agree that the Christian life is one in which the Lord desires for us to live outwardly, but also inwardly. Uh, to understand the purpose of the Christian life, to understand what it means to dwell with the Lord, to understand that our Father in heaven does truly delight when we desire to do His will and to walk with Him and to walk in His ways. It's not just something that sounds good when a preacher gets up here and he begins to talk about walking in the ways of God and doing the will of God and getting in the Word of God. Those are not just things that he's saying to sound cool. Those are things that the preacher is saying because it is eventually going to reveal itself whether you are going to do those things or not. But it's vital to the Christian life. And you see, it's vital to get alone with God and get in His Word. It's vital to walk in the ways of God. It's vital to do the will of God because if you don't do those things... You'll never find true joy and happiness that you're searching for. You see, as you get along with God and you get in His Word, He begins to reveal Himself to you. And just as a father walks into the presence of a child when they haven't seen Him for a while, and you get along with God, you just begin to light up. And all of a sudden, the joy that you've been searching for, the, the answers to all the questions of life begin to make sense. The, the comfort that you've been longing for, it's all present when you find yourself alone with God. You see, in the Christian life, we are finding in our America today that corporate worship is something that we do not have a problem with. I'll invite you to be back next Sunday, and for many of us, we'll walk through the doors on a Sunday morning. You may even trickle on in on a Sunday evening. You may even show up for a Wednesday evening, and I delight when I see you. But what are you doing on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday? What are you doing on Saturday as a matter of fact, what are you doing on Sundays before you even enter the doors of the church? You see, it's a, it's a common misconception that we only come into the house of God to worship. Are you not bringing worship into the house of God? You see, as you wake up every single day of your life and you get along with God and you begin to realize that it's not all about the corporate worship. The corporate worship is all the much better when we get along with God and we all bring our private worship in and we worship the true living God for who He is and what He's done with us all the days of our lives. We don't come to the house of God just looking for something. No, it's not about us. It's all about Him. You don't come looking for something. You come to dwell in the presence of the one that truly matters. As you come to this passage of Scripture, we see a man by the name of Isaac who is missing it. As a matter of fact, he's going to fall into the same trap that his father Abraham fell into at one time in life. You find a word here, as a matter of fact, it's a place. It's the place that is found in verse number 6. The Bible says that Isaac dwelt in Gerar. You see this place, Gerar, speaks of to drag, to drag away, to journey. It's known as a place of lukewarmness. It's known of a place of defeat, of fearfulness, of failure, or being sidetracked in the Christian life. It's known as a place of, well, I'll just come. I'll just show up. I remember there was a, a man that was being interviewed many, many years ago. He was a football player, and he did not want to show up for interviews. And so he kept going to these interviews, and there came a time when he began to, to sit down, and they were asking him questions. And the only response that he had was, I'm just here so I don't get fined. You know, the sad reality is we have a lot of Christians that are here just so they don't have to hear it from everybody else. 
No intention of hearing from God. No desire to get something from the Lord. No desire to worship the Lord. No desire to, to weep over the blessings of God. No desire to, to get a burden for the lost. No desire for God to reveal himself through his word. And that we would walk out saying, Lord, I'm done doing the world's ways. Lord, I'm selling out to your ways. Lord, I'm done doing my will. I'm selling out to your will. We don't have that anymore. We're just here so we don't get fined. That's all we're here for sometimes. As you walk through this passage of Scripture, you'll find this place, Gerar, speaks of, again, that lukewarmness. We are seeing it in our nation in many churches today. But even further than that, we're seeing it in many of our lives if we're not careful. You see, as you walk through Scripture, you will begin to realize that the personal encounters all throughout Scripture were those life-changing, life-altering, history-making encounters. Just start in the book of Genesis and you come to realize that many of them took place early on. As the Bible says in Genesis twelve seven, the Lord tells Abraham to leave his home. Genesis seventeen one, the Lord appears with Abraham and makes a covenant with him. In Genesis eighteen one, the Lord appears to Abraham before the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. In Genesis 21, verse 1, the Lord visits Sarah and she gives birth. In Genesis 26, 2, the Lord appears to Isaac in a time of famine and warns him not to go to Egypt. In Genesis 26, 24, the Lord appears to Isaac in a time of covenant. You, you continue on and you begin to realize that as you study the Word of God, many of the personal encounters were not just encounters, they were life-altering encounters. I remember as a 16-year-old young man, <coughs> sitting on the front row, the second row, at a church camp over in the left corner. Brother Kenny Baldwin was preaching, and he began to preach, and as he began to preach, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me in not just a, a subtle way. You see, I've been playing games my whole life with this mentality of thinking that I can go through the motions. I've been playing games with my salvation and just making it seem as though, well, I'm a good young man. I'll just make it through, and I've got all my friends fooled. I've got all these individuals fooled. I've got them fooled, but God wasn't fooled. And I remember that night as I was sitting in the, the, the seat over there, the preacher got up and he began to preach. He said, I'd rather go through the motions of being saved twice than the reality of going to hell once. And it was right there that the Holy Spirit and God Almighty began to deal with me. And that night I got saved and my life has never been the same. Can I tell you why? Because the personal experience that I had with the Lord Jesus Christ that night. He dealt with me and he convicted me of my sin. He revealed himself to me bigger than ever. And I realized that I needed the Lord. You see, all through this book, you see personal experience after personal experience. Go to the history books and you'll find in church history that some of the greatest revivals that ever took place just started with one person having a personal experience. And all of a sudden, the Lord lit that fire and it began to spread. Why? Because of a personal experience. Go through the Word of God and you'll see personal experience after personal experience. Would Abraham accomplish all that he did if he hadn't had a face-to-face encounter with God? Would Moses' life had been different if he didn't have a personal experience with the Lord? Would Jacob's life transform when he had an encounter with God was no longer known as the deceiver, but now known as the one who prevails with God? In Genesis 32-30, the Bible says this, And Jacob called on the name of the place Peniel, For I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Amen. Isaiah 6, as you go and you walk through Scripture, a personal experience where the the great prophet now will become one who goes on and says, Here am I, send me. 
go to the New Testament, you'll come in contact with a man by the name of Paul. And as Paul, in that one personal experience, his life has changed on the road of Damascus. And he was never be the same again. Enter into the boat for just a moment with Peter. And Peter, the great fisherman that he is, as he is going and he is doing the fisherman work and he is not catching anything, where the Lord tells him, cast again. He says, nevertheless, Lord, at thy word, a personal experience. Peter would go on and do many great things for the Lord. He would serve the Lord. He would work with the Lord. He would walk with the Lord. All of that. Why? Because of a personal experience. Can I share with you, I have grown old to caring what the world has to say and what people have to say about my worship to the Lord. If I want to worship the Lord and the world doesn't like it, get over it. Can I share with you, if you don't like it, get over it. I don't care because I love the Lord. I want to worship the Lord. And I don't care what anyone has to say. If I walk through the doors of the church and I'm just here to sit in a chair, then I've missed it this morning. And as you walk through Genesis chapter number 26, and you come to this place where the Bible says, Isaac dwelt. Now tonight, as we come back to this passage of Scripture, you're going to realize that Isaac thought things would be a little bit different. Can I share with you, you don't get to decide the events of the will of God for your life. You just get to walk in it. And as you walk along with the Lord, you get to dwell with Him, and you get to just continue walking with Him and seeing how He's going to get you through this season, how He's going to bless in this season, how He's going to reveal Himself in this season. As you get along with God, you begin to realize that He makes no mistakes. Later on in the book of Genesis, you're going to be introduced to the man by the name of Joseph. And Joseph's life is not one that we would ever look to and say, hey, I want to experience some of the things that Joseph experienced. But the Bible tells us that God was with him. You go and you look at the life of Daniel. God was with him. You go to the New Testament and you begin to walk in the life of Paul and you begin to see all that Paul was going through and all that Paul experienced and you'll realize God was with him. This morning, as many of you have walked the doors of the church, you have a testimony to share this morning, no doubt, that the Lord has been with you. Can I share with you this morning, do you want to get into the presence of God? Do you even desire to get along with the Lord? Do you desire to just dwell in His presence and say, Lord, it's not about me, it's all about you. Lord, I don't want to get into your presence so I can do all the talking. As a matter of fact, Lord, you do all the talking and I'll just listen. You see, in Genesis chapter number 26, the Bible says, And there was a famine in the land beside that, the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar, and the Lord appeared unto him. Notice this foundation that we lay. The Bible says, And said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell thee of. Sojourn in this land. And I will be with thee and will bless thee for unto thee And under thy seed I will give all these countries, and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. See, the Lord is trying to get the attention of Isaac and warn him not to go. And the Bible tells us that he said, dwell where you are. There's a famine, yes, but I'll take care of that. But in verse number 6, the Bible tells us that he dwelt in Gerar. Go with me to the book of Joshua for just a moment. I want you to see this. 
In Joshua chapter number one, as you walk through the word of God, you'll see that in chapter number one, Joshua is entering onto the scene. Joshua is doing something that he has not done before. He's been leading in certain capacity, but now he is the leader. He had been following Moses and he was a great follower, but now the Bible tells us and Moses is now dead. He's off the scene. Verse number one, now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people unto the land, which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon that I have given unto you, as I said unto Moses. Notice the confirmation there. As I said unto Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even under the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites under the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. And I want you to notice these words. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Three times you see this this statement, be strong and of a good courage. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Verse 9, be strong and of a good courage. In Genesis chapter number 26 this evening, you're going to see that the Lord begins to reveal to Isaac, hey, I've already made a covenant with your father. I've already dealt with this. I've already communicated this. I've already shown myself faithful to Abraham. And as I was faithful with Abraham, as I dealt with Abraham, as I protected Abraham, as I guided Abraham, so I will do the same for you. The circumstances just don't look pleasant for Isaac. Yeah, but there's a famine in the land. Notice in verse number one, it reminds us this isn't the first time the famine has come. As you come to Joshua chapter number one, you'll realize that the Lord is reminding Joshua now that as he was with Moses, he will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. As you go and you study the life of Joshua, you'll come to realize at the very end, as we dealt with a couple of weeks ago, that now as Joshua has seen those words that were heard from God Almighty, as he said, as I was with Moses, I will be with thee also, that the Lord has confirmed that in Joshua's heart and Joshua believed in it. He lived his life by faith and he saw all the blessings of God. It's a different story as you study Genesis chapter number 26 because Isaac gets himself into a little bit of a pickle. Isaac finds himself lying. Isaac finds himself doubting God. And as the word of God in Genesis 26, the Bible says, and there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. There it is. Beside the first famine. And Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. The Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I tell thee of. Sojourn in this land. And I will be with thee and will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed I will give thee all these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. I will make thy seed to go to multiply as the stars of heaven. And will give unto thy seed all these countries. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. And Isaac... Dwelt in Gerar. As you walk through Scripture tonight, we'll see what is taking place here. The Bible goes on and tells us in verse number 17 later on, And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. It's all baby steps, getting, a, getting away, but still playing games. 
You see, I wonder this morning, if you come to the house of God and you are realizing rather quickly, you know, I, I have forsaken and I have taken for granted just getting along with God. Would you come down to the altar this morning and just commit to the Lord and say, Lord, help me to get back to that place. Lord, help me to realize that it's not enough just to, to go through the motions. Lord, help me not to doubt you. Lord, you're trying to do a work in my life. Lord, help me not to be a lukewarm Christian. Lord, help me not just to, to drag my life along. And tonight we'll find what takes place in the life of Isaac as he gets this dealt with. But can I wonder and ask you this morning, are you lukewarm? Are you cold? Are you doubting God? Going through the motions and not allowing the Lord to be the Lord of your life. Lord, we do thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. Lord, we're thankful for the opportunity to lay the foundation this morning for what you have for us tonight. Lord, I thank you for how you've met with us this morning. Lord, I don't want to just talk about what you could do. I want to experience it. I don't want to just talk about what you've done. I want to experience it. Lord, I thank you for being a faithful God. I thank you for being a good God. Thank you for the message and song reminding us of the good shepherd and the great shepherd and the chief shepherd of our lives. Lord, I want my life to be given, surrendered, yielded. Lord, my prayer is this morning that all of us in this auditorium would say enough with the games. Lord, I want to lay my life down. I want it to be at your disposal. It's yours. Take it. Use it. However you see fit. Lord, I pray that you'd use this invitation. We thank you for being a wonderful, wonderful God. Help us. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Would you stand with me, heads bowed and eyes closed this morning? Maybe you want to find yourself at the altar and just spend some time in prayer. Maybe you want to thank the Lord for the moments in your life when you've gotten along with Him and He's just showed Himself in such a powerful way. Maybe you want to find yourself at the altar and ask the Lord to help you to truly get along with Him. Maybe you've been playing games. Maybe you're lukewarm. I can't speak to that, but you can. Maybe you're cold. Maybe you're just dragging yourself along. You're missing it. I want God's blessing upon my life. I want God's blessing upon this church. I want to experience it all. If the Lord's dealing with you, could I encourage you to find yourself at the altar, spend some time in prayer.